You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and you're listening to the Powercat Pregame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Coming off a very frustrating 38-28 road loss to number 8 TCU, 22nd-ranked Kansas State will get a crack at yet another top 10 Big 12 foe as it plays host to 9th-ranked Oklahoma State on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The Wildcats and Cowboys are currently in a tie for second place in the Big 12 standings at 3-1. The homecoming game will kick off at 2.30 p.m. and be shown on Fox National Television. Welcome, everyone, to the Powercat Pre-Game Podcast, the podcast in which over the course of an hour, we will break down the Wildcats' upcoming game. In this case, it's the Cats and Pokes. The Pokes have won three straight in this series as they have taken control of things since Chris Kleiman's arrival in Manhattan. Can Kansas State and Coach Kleiman wrestle back this series between old Big 8 and Big 7 rivals? We will see if the Cats are up to the task, and we know this going into the game. Both teams are really battered and bruised, coming off tough couple weeks of games in the Big 12. And the winner of this game will be poised to possibly make it all the way to Arlington as a team in the Big 12 championship game. There's a lot more football to be played around the conference this season. This is only game five of a nine-game Big 12 schedule for these teams. So even with the victory, a lot of work remains to be done. I'm Go Power Cat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and we have a lot in store for you. And if you've been listening all season long, you kind of know the drill. Ryan Wallace, who helps us out with our team coverage at GoPowerCat.com, as well as covering football recruiting for us at GPC, will join us shortly to get this breakdown of the game started. After the break, we will have in Brian Hanley, the former offensive lineman on the 97 and 98 Kansas State teams that took the program to the brink of playing for the national championship. And he is our football analyst at Go Powercat. And also in the final segment, we will have our own Ryan Gilbert, who follows all the betting lines and will help us out with the odds and what games you want to put money on around the Big 12 this week. And it's a very competitive slate of games this weekend around the conference. It's going to be tough to pick. And on top of all of that, we've got two player interviews this week, both kind of short, but I wanted to select guys on both sides of the ball that I thought were in a position in this game in which Kansas State will be shorthanded to possibly have breakthrough performances. And we'll hear briefly from Chris Kleiman during the course of this show. And at the very end, I will have my one key that you need to keep an eye on as the game progresses. And before we bring in Ryan Wallace, let me remind you that we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. At Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships, selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. And now we bring in our own Ryan Wallace to discuss the Cats and Cowboys Saturday afternoon at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, 2.30 kick. Both teams, Wally, are beaten up and down. They're bruised and battered, and they got to keep playing football. Is it going to be one of those games that has grown to be typical in the Big 12 in which doing pregame assessments of the two teams and how they fit together is extremely difficult? Now layer in the number of injuries both teams have. We have no idea how these teams will match up because I don't know who's going to be playing in the game. I'll tell you this, you know, later on in this very show, uh, I would hate to be Ryan Gilbert trying to talk about odds and, <laughs> and you know, the, the where, where the money should go in this game. Cause yeah, I mean, it's, 
we we sat here a week ago talking about we weren't sure kind of what TCU was and you know what we were going to see from them and I you know I I think with especially with because of the injuries this game is even more confusing to figure out um, because you've got Oklahoma State that has beaten some really good teams this year they've beaten Baylor you know last week obviously against Texas probably should have beaten. TCU, if we're being honest, they kind of had a K-State moment there where they took their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, but then, you know, they've also gotten behind in some of those games or, you know, Oklahoma State or TCU, they were up, let their foot off, lost uh, Texas. They get behind with all these injuries. And yet then their second and third string guys come in and they shift some things around to just and end up beating Texas on the, on the backside in the second half and beat them pretty thoroughly in the second half. So, uh, I I don't know what to make of this game. I do think in typical Oklahoma State, K-State fashion, I'll be surprised if either side really runs away with it. Yeah, they, they usually play close games, although Mike Gundy has gotten the better of Chris Kleiman in every meeting so far between the two. I do wonder, though, if they don't hold, in Oklahoma State, hold a big advantage at quarterback. Spencer Sanders is dinged up. Yes, he is, like Adrian Martinez, but he keeps getting up and playing. I mean, I'm watching that Texas game. He's taking a cheap shot here and a big hit there, and he's already injured and he keeps popping up like Max Duggan did last week against K-State. How much concern do you hold into this game that Adrian Martinez will not be able to play, um, and how much does that change what K-State can do offensively? I think it changes a lot for – if we're talking about K-State's offense against Oklahoma State's defense, I, I do think it's going to change a lot. And, and let me start by saying this. Will Howard's performance last Saturday night was, you know, just what the doctor ordered for him. Um, I think for K-State to, you know, have some more confidence in that position behind Adrian Martinez. Um, but at the same time, I think the, the twofold scenario there is that there were still some some throws that Will Howard made that you were kind of like, eh. Uh, you know, Cade Warner obviously right. bailed him out. And, and on one hand, you're again, you guys talked about a lot of well said on the questions podcast about, you know, on one hand, you just want to see a quarterback give K-State's receivers a chance, throw it up there. On the other hand, it might be a different story. You know, it's do that one time and it gets picked, but no more. And you still wonder sometimes if Will Howard – what you're going to see when he's throwing the ball, but, but overall really, really strong performance from him. But again, the twofold scenario there is I agree with what Cole Carmody said on this week's questions podcast, which is I don't think TCU's defense is really all that good. The difference with TCU is they've got hyper athletic players that just fly around the scheme. They're not all that sound in, they're just super athletic. Oklahoma State is going to be a much better coached defense. Um, they lack some of the explosive dynamic players, even when their starters are healthy that TCU has, but they're just better coached. I mean, this is obviously, for those who haven't been keeping up with Oklahoma State this offseason, they lose Jim Knowles, who goes to Ohio State. They add former Vanderbilt coach Derek Mason to now lead this defense. This is the same Derek Mason, mind you, that held Bill Snyder to 277 yards of offense in a 2017 win in Nashville, one of only 11 Power 5 wins that he had at Vanderbilt in seven years on the job there. And they're able to rotate some guys around. Now, the good thing that I will say fits about, if you're looking at this from glass half full based on what we saw Will Howard do in Fort Worth, if there's an area of this Oklahoma State defense that is ripe for the picking, it's the secondary. You know, they've moved Jabbar Muhammad from cornerback to safety because of injury. So you've got Cam Smith and Corey Black that are going to start at cornerback for Oklahoma State, I would imagine. Uh, two guys that, albeit K-State, would have loved to have. They offered both out of high school. Corey Black is actually uh, the son of a former K-Stater. Um, but, again, guys that I think K-State might be able to pick on a little bit. And Will Howard has shown maybe a little bit more propensity to, to put the ball in the air and go a little bit more vertically than Adrian Martinez has shown. But the question is, is he going to be afforded the time? Because I think this this Oklahoma State front banged up, guys leaving, whatever, still really good. Uh, how much pressure they put on Will Howard, how he handles that pressure 
is going to be the thing that I'm most interested in watching because that is by far the biggest difference, I think, still between Adrian Martinez and Will Howard is Adrian Martinez plays like a super senior. He's got a really good feel for the pocket and he could take off and run. Will Howard, he's played a lot for a backup, but obviously still that that mental timer in his head. Does he know when to take off? Does he know when to throw and and make the right choices? Yeah, I'm fascinated by how well Will Howard played early in that game and then how TCU kind of changed some a few things and honestly I think Colin Klein let up off the gas and it was a, apparently a fine line between outstanding and pretty mediocre with 87 yards of offense in the second half or whatever it was. Um, I feel like Adrian Martinez will be able to play. They just won't play him they, they, unless he's the emergency guy that they need to come in and Will Howard gets dinged up. Instead of kicking the field goal, you'll put Adrian out there, something like that. But um, I'm I'm just fascinated that these teams both come out of TCU games just decimated. Um, and, I mean, that speaks volume to how physical TCU is. But both of these teams are physical. I feel like the injuries are only going to mount during the course of this game, and it's really going to become about the second and sometimes third-string guys. And Wally, I'm going to say it, advantage Oklahoma State in my book. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference, and I wrote about it this week, and you know it was met with, with mixed reviews, and that's fair. But I think that's the difference between watching an Oklahoma State team where they're at right now and what they did last week versus where K-State's at right now and what K-State did last week is Oklahoma State has been able to um, – th- the losses haven't compounded themselves with them. They Again, like I said, they move over Jabbar Muhammad. They insert Cam Smith. Cam Smith at cornerback has played really well last week. Um, you know, they lose Brock Martin, no big deal. They can get Colin Oliver in there to pressure pass- passers. I mean, you look at their defensive line, you know, Brandon Evers just made some – uh, some news by walking away and the injured defensive tackle for often injured defensive tackle for Oklahoma state leaves the team. Um, and yet he wasn't even one of, they've got four players in the top 15, big 12 and tackles for loss, four players in the top 10 in sacks. And, you know, among those, it's not the same four in both categories. It's six different guys and Evers wasn't even one of them, you know? And so again, it's like you lose Brock Martin, no big deal. We've got Colin Oliver. You know, they've got Tyler Lacey. Um, they, they've got a bunch of different guys in there too deep that they can just mix and match. K-State just doesn't have that. And I think that's the difference. And, you know, you, you said it, Fitz. Oklahoma State, you know, coming out of TCU again, bruised and battered, Oklahoma State's like the last team that you want to see if you're K-State. Yeah. It reminds me probably how teams look at K-State. Like, oh, God, we've got the Wildcats coming up on the schedule. I was actually talking to a former um, uh, K-State staffer recently, uh, earlier this week, talking about, um, you know, who he felt back when he was with the program were teams that, you know, you just kind of hated to look forward at knowing how bruised and battered you'd be. And the two teams that he mentioned uh, during his time there, lengthy time there was Oklahoma State and Baylor. I mean, Oklahoma State is just one of those teams that, again, if you're already hobbled, they're not the team you want to see. They're very tenacious um, and they just they're able to not only replace guys well like we've seen at linebacker they lose Malcolm Rodriguez insert Mason Cobb and Xavier Benson who you know Xavier Benson's a guy who is really he's been fun to watch came out of uh Tyler Junior College uh you know how good Kobe Savage is Xavier Benson was the best player on that defense Mm -hmm. so you put him and Mason Cobb together at linebacker they fly around they knock the heck out of you um, and then again, you know, I, I just feel like this is a defense that is just really physical up front. Joe Bob Clements is still around. So, you know, the kind of technique and fundamentals that they're being taught down in, in Stillwater. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough ask for K-State. But like I said, I do think that there's some areas that K-State can try to exploit. But they've, they're going to have to get the ground game going, Fitz, because I'll, I'll throw it back to you by saying this. I went back and looked at some stats. <laughs> K-State had their lowest output on the ground last year against Oklahoma State, 62 total rushing yards. Will Howard led the right way with 28. Uh, remember, that was when Skylar Thompson was injured. And then uh, 2020, they, they fared a much better. Will Howard was actually the leading rusher in that game as well, 125. 2019, they were 126 yards rushing with James Gilbert leading the way with 44. Deuce Vaughn's longest run against the Cowboys in his career 
four yards. Uh, and it's a Deuce Vaughn that, you know, probably isn't going to be 100% again this week. So you've got to find a way to be balanced against Oklahoma State. You've got to find a way to run the ball, which is easier said than done, um, to keep this defense honest. Um, and, and I think it might have to be Will Howard and DJ Giddens on Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, K-State did show some different things, and I'm encouraged by that. They had Will Howard lined up with Giddens and Vaughn next to him, and I thought that was a good look at complicates things a little bit more for the defense. Um, But you're right. They're going to have to run the ball. Texas ran the ball with great effect early in the game. That's how they got the lead. They weren't throwing the ball all over the place. They were running it right through that Oklahoma State defense. And granted, Texas has got two incredible running backs. But I feel like Kansas State can be equally effective in that area of the game when you layer in the threat of the quarterback run game, which Will Howard brings to a lesser extent than Adrian. But you know, he he can do it, particularly sure. you get him in the open field and he'll get those long legs going and he's tough to catch. Uh, but I'm also equally concerned about, as we talk about, Adrian Martinez is dinged up and Deuce Vaughn is dinged up and Ben Sennett's dinged up and so many of these offensive pieces that are so important right now for K-State. I look at the defense and I don't think Daniel Green will play. And I love Nick Allen and Coach Kleiman talked to Nick up quite a bit at Tuesday's press conference, but there's a drop off between all Big 12 and anyone else. And Daniel Green gives you the ability to shadow really athletic quarterbacks and keep them in the pocket. It's it's kind of he's been sacrificing his stats in many ways this season by keeping quarterbacks, you know, bottled up back there so that the or the defensive lineman can do the work. You take Daniel Green out of the middle of this defense. And I'm afraid nothing quite works the same. Um, And you don't have the same pursuit and physicality out of that spot that you have with an elite linebacker like Daniel. Oh, yeah, and Julius Brents, all Big 12 corner. There's no way you you solve your hamstring problem in a week. I'm afraid that's going to be a lingering issue all year. The headliners on defense, including Felix and Udike Ozama, are also dinged up on, on the defensive side. And they just can't afford to have any more injuries over there. They're, they're just not what they were at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, outside of maybe TCU, this is, again, maybe that second worst matchup that K-State could be facing without a Daniel Green in the lineup because I think of the threat that Spencer Sanders poses. Um, you know, Oklahoma, or Texas has a Bijan Robinson, but Quinn Ewers isn't that real threat to run. Right. Spencer Sanders, we saw it last week in, in the comeback against Texas. His ability to, again, kind of assess the play, feel out pressure in the pocket, know when it's time to, to move his feet and move the chains, and he does it remarkably well. I mean, this is uh, a quarterback that obviously we all know about. The experience is through the roof. He's kind of a an Adrian Martinez-like quarterback in this conference um, in how many years he's been around. But he's also number seven in the nation in the points that he's been responsible for. This is the number one scoring offense in the conference, number four total offense in the country, er, in the conference. And he's got a lot of weapons to work with. But he is the, the, the gear that makes it all work. Um, I don't know if you put another quarterback in if Oklahoma State would have the type of you know offensive numbers that it's had and been able to do it without a lot of their wide receivers. I mean, Braden Johnson has been out um, and they had to go to Stefan Johnson, a, a true freshman last week who just went off against Texas. And I think a lot of that has to do with because Spencer Sanders puts those guys in, in good position to go make plays and makes the younger guys look maybe better or more ready than maybe they even are. So I think without Daniel Green, it, it gives Spencer Sanders more of that dual threat. And it gives an offense that has really struggled to run the ball this year um, an ability to do that. Um, K-State's not going to be able to just drop back um, and try and, you know, cover the pass and, and allow Felix Anudike, Uzama, and those guys to handle the run because without Daniel Green in there at linebacker, it, it – takes kind of a force out of the out of the box and so now Dominic Richardson who's a guy that who's the longest run on the season's only 17 yards maybe he gets it going maybe a Jaden Nixon and an Ollie Gordon his backups that you know for as bad as Oklahoma State or as, I shouldn't say bad as as uneven as they've been 
in the ground game, game to week to week, those two guys are averaging five plus yards a carry. So now it gets them in the mix. It's, it's a lot for K state to handle. They, they can't afford to try and make Oklahoma state one dimensional. Um, it, it's just becomes a lot easier said than done. And again, I think it's because of Daniel green's ability, as you said, to keep quarterbacks honest. And I think Spencer Sanders is going to be the guy on Saturday. That's going to really, really frustrate the wildcats because of his ability to do both. Every time you think you got him bottled up, he's going to either slip through or find a, find an open guy. And without Daniel green, he's able to do that with more ease. And another player that K-State quite often leans on to help with run support from the back end of the defense is Josh Hayes. He, too, is in doubt for this game. It's just amazing the number of you know front-line injuries K-State's going through. One of the areas that I thought Texas used to hang around in this game with Oklahoma State last week were special teams. I was surprised at some of the things that Oklahoma State gave up uh, in special teams. And um Kansas State's kind of gone into low gear with special teams. They've had kicking problems. They need to get that fixed. They really haven't had any big returns. They need to find something there. They haven't had any blocks or anything like that. K-State struggles without something special in special teams, don't they? Yeah, and I mean, not only just special teams, but we're going into this Oklahoma State game with the last two meetings between these two teams where K-State has not forced a single turnover. They have not forced a turnover against the Cowboys since 2019. That's got to change. And then I think special teams, you've got to find a spark. And if there's one area I feel like with Oklahoma State where you can try and exploit it, because this is one of the best graded special teams units in the country. I think PFF grades only Clemson maybe as a better overall unit right now in the country um, better than Oklahoma State special teams. They've got a great field goal kicker in Tanner Brown, who's 93% on the year, 52 long, 31 for 36 in his two years in Stillwater. Um, they've got Jaden Nixon and Brennan Presley, uh, who are dynamic in the return game. But the one area where I do feel like K-State might get a shot, and we saw Texas do it last week, is in the punting game. Um, being able, like you said, Fitz, to get a block. Um, you know, Seth Porter's been had kind of a knack for that this year. Even when he doesn't make the block, he's there. Um, this would be a chance maybe for them to get some yards from Phillip Brooks in the punt return game. If not create a block and you're right, they, they need, they're going to need something extra in this game somewhere, somehow, um, whether it's special teams or uh, again, in, in creating a turnover and limiting their own, that that's, they've got to be, you know, to, to be gimmicky, they've got to kind of be special on Saturday and find an area where they can uh, get an advantage um, where Oklahoma State can't. I've been fairly confident about this K-State team all year. I didn't think they'd win at Oklahoma. They won. I was proven wrong, and I've thought they'd win every game since then, Um, but not this one. I don't see how K-State can overcome this level of um, injury and and find a way to win this game against a really talented and physical Oklahoma State team that, again, I recognize they are too beat up, but my Gundy's had Chris Kleiman's number, and now Chris Kleiman has to try to overcome that with fewer weapons. How do you think this game goes? I just think K-State, it'll be competitive, but K-State, like last week, won't be able to keep up. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State is just well-coached. They, they mirror K-State in, I think, so many different areas. Uh, but where they seem to always be different is just having more firepower, having more explosion. And you look last week uh, to lead me into, you know, why I'm picking Oklahoma State here. Really last week against Texas, one of the only areas that I felt like Texas was really able to get to Oklahoma State was in the big plays. They had 11 plays. Heard this on a podcast this week. They had 11 plays of 19 plus yards for three TDs. Outside of those, the other 70 snaps, uh, Oklahoma State held Texas to 197 yards. So they had 326 yards on 11 plays with three touchdowns, and the other 70 were 197. K-State is not an explosive team. They're you know banged up with their star running back, unlikely to have their starting quarterback. Uh, so I don't see this as being an offense that's going to be able to take advantage of a depleted Oklahoma State defense and likewise you've got a k-state defense that's been so good this year 
But the gap between, I think, the starters and the twos was really evident against TCU. And now you've got another kind of explosive and dynamic offense that likes to throw it around, that want, that knows kind of what K-State's tendencies are. They have the playmakers to exploit it, um, specifically at receiver. I, I like Oklahoma State yeah. in this one. I think the, the spread is really weird, Fitz. Vegas always seems to know. They knew last week. You know, they've known Iowa State and everything. I'm like you. I, I thought K-State could, could handle these last couple. Uh, something about this one I, I just don't like. I think they'll hang around. It'll be competitive, like you said, but uh, just not a good matchup given all the extracurricular things that are going on in the veneer complex right now in terms of health. Yeah, this game's so important to decide who might be joining TCU. TCU still has work to do, but they're certainly in the driver's seat to make it to Arlington for the Big 12 championship game. And the winner of this will be in a pretty good position, but with more work to do ahead um, to get to Arlington. Uh, Wally, that's a lot to ask. And even if you win this game, you got to turn around and play Texas and Baylor. And, oh, yeah, Chris Kleiman is winless against Oklahoma State. Texas. Yeah. Well, and and here's one thing, here's one thing that I will finish with Fitz. And, and again, it's me, uh, we're, we're, maybe I'm jumping too far ahead and presuming that Oklahoma state's going to win. K-State has, has shown this year that they can, they can rebound and they've got fight in them. Um, So maybe discredit the whole assumption that this is, we're chalking it up as a K-State loss, but the glass half full, at least for me is I think K-State, can afford to lose this game and still get have a shot at Arlington because I think the the real game is going to be next week. I think that's the one that is the true elimination game for K-State. I think it, if they can get a win against the Cowboys, it's absolutely enormous. Um, but even if they lose, if they can try and get this roster back to full strength or close to full strength for Texas – I think that's really the game that'll hinge your whole, um, you know, your your hopes of, of being in Arlington for the Big 12 title game. Um, you, you just don't want to let this one get out of hand um, uh, against the Cowboys. But I, I don't think this is an elimination game just yet. But, yeah, obviously you want to win it. But if you lose it, I think really the one that's going to matter in getting to the Big 12 title game it's going to be next week against the Longhorns. Well, I don't admire, uh, I'm not jealous of the job ahead for the Kansas State coaches trying to figure out who needs to play and who they need to protect for the future. Like you said, you you can win this game, but still have disastrous injuries that, that really take you apart. So when we started mm-hmm. looking at who to pick for this week's interviews, I went with two different guys that I think need to step up and have kind of significant games against Oklahoma State. On offense, it's probably tied in Sammy Wheeler because Sammy had a nice catch last week for a touchdown, and with Ben Sennett out, um, he's probably out, or at least limited. He's going to have to be bigger, but Sammy needs to step up. And now here is my brief discussion with tight end Sammy Wheeler. And I started off by asking him what's going through his head as that touchdown pass kind of floats his way at TCU off the hand of Will Howard. Pretty much just you black out and just do your best to to catch it, you know. So. How fun was it to see Will get in there and wheel and deal? Uh, it was awesome to see. I think we all expected it. You know, we knew, his, we knew what he's capable of and... Um, yeah, it was just cool to see him perform well. How important is it for this team to keep pushing on offense and not kind of let's let's get conservative here, to, but keep trying to put points up? Uh, definitely, it's you never want to you never want to get conservative and and let the other team you know come back. But you know, it's you just want to keep being aggressive and, and score points. And it's always what we try to do for sure. Is the play fake on the goal line that got you so wide open. Um, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. It was just a really good scheme for what we thought they were going to do, and they ended up doing it. So, how does your role change with Ben going down there in the fourth quarter? Is there just you kind of slide into that spot, or is there multiple things that you guys do differently? Just how do you think that changes your role? Um, it doesn't necessarily change my role as much as uh, Will Swanson. He really stepped up um, and kind of fit in where he doesn't usually um, as much so he did he did a great job doing that and um, but for me it was just kind of just staying out there more was there any drop off in confidence when Will came in the other day 
Um, no, not at all. It was just kind of like, oh, Will's in? All right, let's get going. You've been here a while. Coach Kleiman hasn't beaten Oklahoma State yet. What is it about this program that gives you guys problems? Uh, that's a good question. I think um, they got great coaching and great players, but um, we do too. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of time. That was Kansas State tight end Sammy Wheeler, who might be a big factor in this game if the Wildcats can score enough points to keep up with Oklahoma State. Getting that tight end involved could be crucial. Let's get into break right now on the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. And as we come out of break, we'll talk to the other guy that may need to step up for Kansas State. When we talk about injuries across the board for the Wildcats, one of the guys that's had lingering injuries on the defensive side has been sophomore defensive end Nate Matlack. Well, guess who feels 100%? We talk to Nate Matlack on the other side of this break. This is Kansas State's Felix Enidike Uzama. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, the dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. And as we get going in the second half of our podcast, of course, we have our own Brian Hanley, our football analyst coming up and Ryan Gilbert on the odds. But first, let's have a brief discussion with Kansas State defensive end Nate Matlack, who has been dinged up most of the season, but now he feels so much better. And K-State, with the limited number of players it has available on defense this week, might need a big game for Mr. Matlack. Uh, it's really important, I think. Um, I think we just, I mean, controlling your own destiny is kind of what we need to do. We don't need to focus on the past anymore. We need to focus on what we can control now to just keep going on with the season and eventually uh, get to what our goal is in the Big 12 championship. Which, what is your health status right now? I feel 100% now, finally. It's been a long time. Uh, the past couple of weeks, I just haven't felt right. And I think this last game, I finally felt normal again. It's been a while, though. Are you one of the few guys right now that feels 100%? Uh, we saw a lot of people that are healthy. But, yeah, we do have some guys that are dinged up for sure. It's been kind of, kind of the sack party for you guys this year, leading the Big 12 in sacks. You got in on that. How good have you guys been in the, in the sack department? What's been the key there? Um, I think just relentless rushes. They've our coaches have gave us awesome uh, game plans to get different blitzes and stuff, to give us opportunities to get sacked, stuff like that. Um, I still think we left a bunch on the table though, and we could have even more. But I think we've done pretty well overall. What's the main emphasis for you guys up against o, o State this week? Um, just to be physical. I felt like last week we kind of lost that battle against TC a little bit, and I feel like if we did do that last week, we had a different outcome. So. 
And these guys are definitely a physical group, so we need to come out with, with that mentality. That was Kansas State defensive end Nate Matlack as the PowerCat pregame podcast continues. And now it's time for our football analyst, Brian Hanley, to come in and solve the world's problems. That's, <laughs> Mr. Hanley, that's all you got to do. You got to make players magically heal and make this K-State team find a way to win. This is a tough challenge. Oklahoma State's been problems for Chris Kleiman. Mike Gundy is now the senior coach in this league, which is hard to imagine, but he is. Um, and he is a tough out, if you want to use a baseball term. It, he's he's tough to get in a position where you can beat him. Um, and Kansas State hasn't been able to do that in recent years. What has to go right for Kansas State to win this game against Oklahoma State? Well, the one thing is they're going to have to win the turnover battle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely going to have to do that. Uh, defense is going to have to play well and just contain what they do because they can move that football. They just can't. <laughs> um, defense is just going to have to play sound. And one thing is that that this guy kind of got overlooked last week. I know with a lot of injuries is tackling just, you know, we fell apart with the tackling. Yep. We got to tackle. We just have to get guys on the ground as soon as humanly possible. On the offensive side, I mean, we're going to have to control the line of scrimmage and do the things that we do. But again, it's going to be another game where teams are just not going to let us run. They're just not going to allow us to do it. They're going to put so many guys in the box. So we're going to have to throw the ball to be able to, to be able to move it. Uh, Oklahoma state's a good football team, man. But I think one of the things that hasn't happened in a long, long time, special teams, right? Special teams is going to have to be a part of this football game for us to win. It's just that simple. We're going to have to be able to create things that out of offense or defense, we're just going to have to be able to create some opportunities there. And it doesn't even have to be a touchdown fits. It just needs to be, you know what? We return it to the 50. We return it to the 45. You know, we make a long field goal. We block a punt or something. We're going to have to do something in special teams. We're going to have to be special there to win this football game. I'm with you, brother. I feel like Kansas State can be competitive in this game, but it's going to have to supplement points for its offense, whether that's defense or special teams, I don't know, or simply just, as you mentioned, giving the offense great field position so they don't have to drive 80 yards to get into the end zone. It's going to be all hands on deck for Kansas State to do create enough points in this game, I think, to outscore Oklahoma State. And we haven't seen that lately. We haven't seen the turnovers. We haven't seen the special teams' big plays. It's got to come together in this game. Yeah, it's going to have to because, like we said, Oklahoma State's really good. They're just a good football team. That's not to discount that we are good and what we do well, but we're going to have to create some opportunities, you know, that aren't there. It's just the fact of the matter with the way that our health is right now. Um, and, and maybe guys get a ton better, you know, over time, you know, in the next few days, but whatever the case may be, even if healthy, I think with that we need to create some opportunities, you know, on special teams and some scoring opportunities there, even if fully healthy. When we're not, it's an absolute must to win this football game. I look at this game and I see Oklahoma State's beat up too. And I know that's a, a big issue for both teams. I, I like Oklahoma State's depth better. Maybe it's because I'm not as familiar with it, but I know they've recruited at a higher level. But all of that said, at the end of the day, Kansas State's brand is being tougher than their opponents to winning the line of scrimmage so that they can compensate somewhat maybe for having fewer playmakers or, you know, less overall team speed. I don't know, but I know this. The offensive line has to be better than it was against TCU, period, end of story. Whether you can run the ball with success or not, you're going to have to protect the quarterback. And I felt like TCU won that game. For all of the fancy analysis we can offer, they won that game because they were tougher at the point of attack. They were. On both sides of the line of scrimmage, they were. They, they controlled the line of scrimmage when they wanted to control the line of scrimmage. It's just the period. I mean, they did, and we have to be better. And what you said earlier, Fitz, about us being and having to compensate, that's 100% the truth. 
you can compensate for not having as many athletes or as much team speed when you can control the line of scrimmage. That's been the truth since football was started. And that's never going to be any different. If you can control the line of scrimmage, you've got some things, you know. And if K-State can, if they're going to win this football game, the offensive line just has to play better. They just have to because they got pushed around against TCU. And like you said, I know teams are going to take the run away. That's fine. But we should be able to go get three or four yards when we want to get three or four yards. That just has to be something that we have to do. It just has to. Now, some of that's play calling. Can't go side to side against teams that are fast. (laughs) You can't do that against teams that are really athletic and big. You have to go off tackle. You have to go straight ahead. I believe that we have the linemen to do that. But the coach has got to put them in that position to do it. Yeah, they certainly do. And maybe we're going to get a good dose of DJ Giddens. It's time for this redshirt freshman maybe to have his day in the sun. He's had moments. There's no doubt about that as the season's progressed. But with Deuce Vaughn limited, only getting 12 carries last week. And the need to maybe create more of a running game without Adrian Martinez in case he can't go. Or even if he does, maybe he needs to be protected. I look at Giddens as a guy that can get up there between the tackles and and make something happen just like uh, the Texas running backs did. And believe me, I'm not comparing DJ Giddens to the two top line Texas running backs, but (laughs) they did find some room to operate in the middle of that Oklahoma State defense. Yeah, they absolutely did. And the thing about it is they run downhill. And that's the difference. You can't go side to side. Run at them. Just run at them, you know, and even with the passing game, we're going to have to go down the field, but you, you can't go side to side on the defense like this because they're just going to run our guys down and we're not going to be able to, to move the football. You got to run at them. And even if it means, yes, we didn't gain any yards on this play, but you know what? In the fourth quarter, when the game's close, that zero yards turns into six. Yep. It turns into five. You just have to keep doing it. But again, putting them in positions to wear them down. We just have to do that on this line. And again, what you said, there's going to be opportunities, especially late in the game. If, if we're close, the game's close and we're running the football. Well, there's going to be those opportunities. We just have to keep at it. Yes, indeed. Uh, Will Howard really showed himself last week, uh, at least on those first four possessions. Did you feel like, uh, he played uh, less effectively or the offensive, as it was called by Colin Klein, put him in a position to be less effective? Put him in a position to be less effective. I Look, I, there hasn't been a more uh, – there hasn't been a person, I don't think, as a K-State fan that's been more critical than Will, of Will Howard than I have. I, I just don't believe that because I've been on the kid's case forever. He played lights out when given the opportunity last Saturday. He just did. And when that opportunity was taken away a little bit, you saw what happened. Wasn't his fault. Keep doing the thing because it looks like they keep telling us that he progressed as a passer. We'll keep doing it. Don't stop. Don't slow down. Just keep your foot on the gas. And it seemed like he was in a, a extremely, not didn't seem like it, he was in a rhythm. And they took that away from him. I believe if they come out of the gates again just you know just come out aggressive i believe that's how he can play that i think that's how he plays his best if we're aggressive you know make him throw the ball down the field don't give these outs and these little out routes and stuff to give him a way out make him be aggressive and i think sometimes kids need that they need you to push them to be aggressive and seem like that when given that opportunity he was really, really good, Fitz. He was. And, and what happened, in my estimation, was that he put the ball in a position for receivers to compete for passes. And by God, yes. they went up and competed. I, I still yes. can't quite figure out um, how a couple of those balls were caught. But the guys went out and did it. And I was as encouraged by that as I was about Will Howard's play. Those guys went out there and said, my ball. And that's not something we've seen always from K-State receivers. And maybe it's because they just haven't been included enough in the offensive scheme. I think so. I think when when you don't get a lot of opportunities and then somebody gives you an opportunity, you know, for 50-50 balls, because that's what a lot of those passes were. But they were on the money, but they were just guys were just covered. 
but they were put in position to where, you know what, I can make a play and I'm going to make a play for my quarterback and my team. And they did it. And I think the more you give them the opportunities, the better everybody. I think the one thing is you can't, throw guys okay they're open now i'm gonna throw it it doesn't work that way in big time football you gotta anticipate man it's even more so as a pro but in college you gotta anticipate where guys are gonna be and just throw it there and trust that they're gonna be there trust the practice trust the scheme just trust what you see you know and and you'll be fine and i think he did that when given that opportunity now it got away from him down the road so that changed but as far as you know initially those first four drives that he was in, it was, I mean, it was beautiful. It really was. It was impressive. And um, I, I felt great for Will Howard, even though the lost, I, I, I still felt great that he was able to put that on the field and say, yeah, this is what I do. I can do this. I just haven't done it. And that's kind of a weird way to say it, but he proved something, not only to everyone else, Brian, I think he proved it to himself, and I think that was yeah. a big obstacle. He needed to put it on the field, on film, in a game to keep defenses yep. honest. Um, I'm not crazy about this matchup for K-State. I'm just not. I I, I think uh, Oklahoma State is one of the more, if not the most physical teams in this conference, and when you're already banged up, boy, it, it seems perilous to get into this game. But Chris Kleiman's right. Guys have got to step up. There's a reason why they're not the starter. There's a reason why maybe they're third string. But when you're on the field, there's no reason why um, you're not out there other than the fact that it's time for you to play. That's not easy to do, but I saw glimpses of that at TCU. Now some of these young guys have really got to step to the fore, don't they? Well, I mean, they do. And another thing that comes with it is Kansas State recruited you and gave you a scholarship. So you're there. Now, whether you're a top tier or whatever the star may be, at this point, it doesn't even matter. You're If you're going to be on the football field, that means either we need you, we want you, all of that stuff is included. So go out there and perform. And you've done it before. You know, you didn't just stink in high school and then all of a sudden get a scholarship to go to Kansas State University. It doesn't work that way. You know, you've you've done it. So you got to go do it again. Again, I know it's a different level. It's going to be a lot more difficult. I get that part of it. But at the same time, look, it's still football. You just got to go play. You get your opportunity because that's all anybody ever asked is give me an opportunity. Well, some of these guys are going to get their opportunity. It's time to just step up. We can't deal with the excuses. We don't, I mean, nobody's going to stop. I mean, they're not going to call the game off. You know, they they don't do that. So we've just got to go play. Guys just got to go play. I feel like Chris Kleiman set that tone two years ago when the pandemic hit and they had rules for not playing when you could declare no contest. And he said, screw that. We're going to go play. And he got his team's ass kicked a couple times, but he sent a message, I feel like, to his roster, to his locker room. Guys, when you are called upon, it's time to go. And there's no moping around because of what we don't have. This is what we do have. Let's figure out how to win with it. And I'm not sure K-State has enough, but, boy, they're going to have to lean on some guys that maybe haven't been the headliners so far this season. And during this podcast, we've had a couple interviews. Offensively, Sammy Wheeler at tight end. Ben Sennett may not be able to go or may be limited in this game. Sammy's got to be big. I feel like he's a weapon that can be used in the passing game. I felt that way the whole season. And bluntly put, he's a bigger weapon out running a pattern than he is trying to block because that can get kind of painful to watch. Um, And defensively, Nate Matlack's healthy. Uh, He feels healthy. And with everything else going on defense, I feel like Nate Matlack is a guy poised for a big game. Dudes have to step up right now, and there's no excuses. There's no excuses. They got to step up. I mean, it, it's it's an opportunity, and it doesn't have to be an opportunity lost. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying it doesn't have to be that because again, they're not going to call the game off. They're not going to reschedule it. This is your opportunity to shine. And if we're doing the right things in practice and we're doing the right things in recruiting, which I believe that we are, I believe we're turning that corner. I just think you've got a bunch of hungry guys that just haven't got their opportunity. Are they going to be a little bit smaller than other guys? Yeah, maybe, probably. But that doesn't mean you can't go out there and play good football. It just doesn't mean that. And and I like where what you said about Coach Kleiman. I like where his head's at. 
you know, hey, we got 85 guys. Let's go play football. Right. That's why they give you that many. And he's right, you know, because it's, we're not the first team to have to deal with the injury bug, you know, and we're not the first team that maybe doesn't have, you know, the deepest team to have to deal with the injury bug. This is not new to football. I think there's an opportunity. I just believe that it's an opportunity that the guys are going to seize because the better the program is, the better your depth is, the better that the guys are just chomping at the bit to get that opportunity. And I just think that here it is. I, I think we put our best foot forward. I don't know if we necessarily win, but I think we put our best foot forward. Yep, I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, one of the other things I like about Chris Kleiman is on Tuesday at the press conference, he admitted that during the extended preparation for TCU, because they had the bye week between Iowa State and TCU, and they were pretty banged up after Iowa State, but he knew everyone would probably be able to go that was injured, including Adrian Martinez and so many other guys. And they took most of the reps just as they would in preparation for any other game. And then he said, we got into this game and all those injuries started to pop back up. And we realized we didn't give the backups enough reps. I thought that was an interesting confession. And he said, this week we are going to try to rest a lot of those guys. Adrian Martinez doesn't need to practice. He'll be ready. But all of those guys that can rest, that might be able to play, are going to rest, and then we're going to get the number twos ready just in case they're not. That's a pretty good approach. Yeah, you have to do that. You literally have to do that. Look, your frontline guys, this is not their first rodeo. They know what they're doing. If they don't know what they're doing by now, they're never going to know. So they know what they're doing. The most important thing is health for the frontline guys. It just is. It always is. You got to get the guys to the game healthy. If that means they got to sit out all week of practice and take mental reps and sit on a stationary bike, if they're able to do that, then fine. That's all they need to do. But they know what's going on. They know what they're doing. You know, you got to get those other guys the reps in practice so they can see it. Because it's one thing to to just go out there and play football. It's another thing to go out there prepared because you've seen what is happening. You've seen what they're trying to do. It helps. Trust me, I was the first-year guy when I got to K-State. I was a junior, but it was a totally different level of football than what it was in junior college. When I got into practice, at the first game of the year, I saw what they're doing. I'm thinking, okay, is it really that much different? And then we got in the game, and the very first snap, Oh, this is what they're doing. This is exactly how they did it when we lined up in practice. This isn't that hard. That's what these backups have to do. That's literally what they got to do. Well, in the first half of this podcast, Ryan Wallace and I admitted that we don't think Kansas State has enough to overcome Oklahoma State, despite the Cowboys being injured, too. What are your thoughts on this game? Is is this a game that K-State gets out of with a win? I don't know that they get out of it with the win, Fitz, because if we're beat up, everywhere like we uh, it, like it appears that we are just beat up i don't think we are gonna, we're gonna have enough i think that we can put up a fight and, and to be honest with you that's all i'm looking for i'm looking for a fight and i'm looking for the coaches to put the guys in a position where they can fight that's what i'm looking for uh, and to be honest the receiver position is going to be one that i'm looking at because we're gonna have again have to throw the football enough of the conservative play calling for crying out loud we have to go down the field that's where our advantage will be that's that's literally where our advantage will be we have to attack this defense on on, when we're on defense it's going to be a struggle i mean it just is we got guys beat up it's going to be a struggle so this is a game we're going to have to put some points on the board and you cannot do that at third and eight, third and nine, running quarterback draws, trying to trick them into thinking that, oh, they think we're going to pass or we're going to run it. Yeah, that's not going to work. They got too much team speed for that. It's not going to work. Uh, didn't work last week either when we had them on the run. No, so we just, we just got to figure it out. I think it's going to be a game that we're going to struggle to win. But you know what? If we can compete, I, will, I promise I'll be happy. If we're competing at the end of this football game, I'll be happy. He's Brian Hanley, former Kansas State offensive lineman. He will join me on the post-game review podcast after Saturday's game. Probably we'll record on Sunday so we can have that available to everyone to listen to his unflinching wisdom. How's that, Brian? <laughs> unflinching wisdom. I like that. I, I like it, too. I'm going to go with that from now on. Well, injuries are the theme of the week for Kansas State and Oklahoma State, but we asked Coach Chris Kleiman about the injury status, and while he naturally was reluctant to give out specifics, here's some of what he had to say on the topic during Tuesday's press conference. 
We got a lot of guys beat up that I don't probably have a lot of information for you um, just after a Monday practice, but uh, uh, we'll see who's available. But in retrospect, we've got to move forward with the guys that we know are going to practice, and those guys got to be ready to play. Well, you just said there's not a lot you can share, so of course I'll ask you about yep. it. Um, but they, the, many of those injuries appeared to be not season-ending, just Correct. a lot of wear and tear. Correct. I think more than wear and tear. But I don't think we lost anybody for the season. In fact, I'm positive we didn't lose anybody for the season. But there's a handful of guys that left the game early enough that I don't know if they'll be ready for this game or not. There's some other guys that were hopeful that um, based on muscular based on whatever, uh, I'll talk to the trainers and the trainers will talk to the doctors. It's not just something where, yeah, we'll rub a little dirt on it and let them go and be ready to play. Um, they've got to be effective when they're ready to play. And, and so time's going to tell this week. We're, we're going to ha- not have some answers legitimately probably till uh, Thursday on a few guys. That was Coach Chris Kleiman with his thoughts on his injury-riddled team that has impacted this game greatly heading into the 2:30 kick between Kansas State and Oklahoma State, but it has not been reflected in the gambling lines, which concerns me from the fact that I might be missing something here, and I don't think I am. And let's bring in Ryan Gilbert, our gambling expert, our betting guru, to talk about all the lines in the Big 12 Conference, including what is K-State minus one and a half right now against Oklahoma State. But Gills, first of all, how are you doing? You good? I'm good. I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic because I love this slate of games. There's only one kind of might be a blowout maybe. I mean, the other games are all really close spreads around the conference. There's only four Big 12 games. We'll get to a fifth game that I am intrigued by at the end here. But the biggest spread of the weekend is easily TCU on the road in Morgantown at West Virginia. And the Frogs are a seven and a half point favorite. Are the Mountaineers even in this anymore? Or they they got their win over Baylor, then they went and got spanked at Tech. I just feel like TCU is going to thump them. At first glance, on paper, I, I would agree with you, Fitz, that this does look like it will be a blowout. But you've always got to remember there's a reason that this is only at a touchdown. And this is, you know, a home field advantage for West Virginia. TCU is playing on the road at 11 a.m. And I know you like to talk about those cold weather teams hosting a warm weather team in the late months of the year. So, uh, you know, I I do think TCU wins this, but I wouldn't be surprised if West Virginia just keeps it close. um, Given that home field advantage Um, over the, over the last seven games, though, TCU has covered the spread and they're five and one and one in their last seven games, West Virginia is one and four in their last five games against the big 12 against the spread. So that's going to be, you know, the reason I would like TCU here, but you know, I'm not fully, uh, optimistic here just because West Virginia, you know, there's got to be a reason this line's just sitting at points. I think home field advantage has a lot to do with that. Man, I just want some couches to burn. I miss that. This just isn't right. Uh, speaking of burning, burning couches, huh? Yeah, that's what West Virginia does when they win. They just don't win enough. Oh, okay. We need to start doing that. I know. I know. Well, or we could just burn Cole Carmody. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. That seems a little bit aggressive, but we could do that. Uh, a game of the losers. <laughs> Oklahoma is minus one at Iowa State. I'm intrigued by this game because I don't know what either team will offer, but I think the Cyclones at home will get the Sooners, you think. I'll disagree. I, I think I and I hate to single in just, you know, individual performances and how teams play against K State. That's only a sixty minute sample size. But man, Iowa State's been bad pretty much every game I've seen them play. And Oklahoma, uh, I know is having a down year. Things aren't going the way they want, but that's a heck of a lot more talent on that team versus Iowa State. But again, you know, playing on the road has been tough in the Big Twelve this year. I do like Iowa State. Or I, excuse me, I like Oklahoma. I'll disagree with you. I like Oklahoma. Uh, I, I feel like this is a team that is gonna gonna get better as the year goes on, and I feel like Iowa State's probably a team that gets worse as the year goes on, just given the talent at Oklahoma. And I don't want to say Iowa State's given up, but they're not playing for anything at this point, right? Oklahoma can probably you know flirt with the New Year's Six Bowl just because it's Oklahoma. You know, three losses is three losses. You know. So I think there's, they're playing for a little bit more right now. And that's kind of the same thing with TCU, right? Like they're 
potentially going to play for the college football playoffs right. if they go undefeated, right? So that's why I like them against West Virginia. But same thing with Oklahoma. I think they're playing for a little bit more right now, and I like the Sooners. And one point is just that it, that's another fishy line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. And let's be honest here. If Oklahoma scores 20 points, so far that offense for Iowa State couldn't match that. They just can't. Right. It's been yep. awful. Uh, Baylor, this well, line is at 56 on that Oklahoma game, too. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is kind of weird. Uh, Baylor and Tech uh, in Lubbock. This this line's been moving towards Tech a little bit. Baylor's now plus two and a half on the road. Does Tech win this thing by three or more points? I think Tech wins this by 10 or more points. I like Tech. I think if this game's in Waco, it's closer to maybe a coin flip, and I'd probably lean Baylor, but... Texas Tech's playing at home, and yeah, I'm with you, Fitz. I, I think that at least a field goal give me the Red Raiders. Okay, let's get to the Cats and the Pokes in Manhattan, 2.30 kick at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and I'm a little bit mystified by this K-State minus one and a half. It's kind of a home field advantage thing, but still, I feel like even though Oklahoma State's a little beaten up too, that they are healthier than K-State. What's behind this line? And I got to, I'm just going to say it. I, I bet Oklahoma State on this. I, I do not feel good about where K State is physically heading into this game. Physically and, you know, mentally as well. I think you can make an argument that, you know, K State might be down in the dumps after letting, what was it, 18 point lead slip away uh, against TCU. You know, both teams are banged up. I get that. K State's banged up. Oklahoma State's banged up as well. But K State, when they're banged up, they go out and they lose to TCU. Oklahoma State, they bang, they're banged up, and they still pick up a victory over Texas. Mm-hmm. And if they don't let, you know, the previous week, if they don't let that one slip away against TCU, this is a top 10 team, or I guess they are a top 10 team. They're number nine right now, um, which leads me to my next point. They're ranked number nine, and they're playing against a team that's barely ranked at, you know, what, K-State 22 or something like that. Um, I, again, how does this line make any sense? <laughs> what are we missing here? And I think me and you, you know, we cover K-State. I think we know that, you know, everything there is to know. I don't know what Vegas is thinking with this game. Uh, obviously, Adrian Martinez would help K-State, but I, if Martinez is healthy or inactive, I don't think that really changes too much, in my opinion, because Will Howard played fine. He didn't play exceptionally great, but he didn't play bad. If he goes out and Ruby comes in, then that's obviously a problem for Kansas State, but I don't think quarterback plays much of an issue. Um compared to just the rest of the injuries that Kansas State suffered. So this could be a bounce back spot for Kansas State. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but there is a lot of a lot more reasons to bet Oklahoma State. I'm with you. I I do not feel comfortable betting Kansas State here. I, I just don't understand this line. I, I want to believe that Vegas knows something that mm-hmm. we don't, but seriously what what could they possibly know that we don't know? No, the only thing is possibly what we thought was the same thing against Texas that Spencer Sanders isn't playing for Oklahoma State, but I think he is. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand this. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. It's a huge game for both programs. Here's our bonus and even game. If he's not 100. percent He's still, you know, he played well against Texas. Like I said, yeah, the win. Yep. Here's our bonus game because it's not a Big 12 game, but next year this is a Big 12 game. In fact, Brett Yormark is in Orlando for Central Florida playing host. UCF. I'm sorry, Central Florida, UCF. They they really get upset about that. Against Cincinnati, Central Florida is a two-point favorite at home. It's the space game. They got special uniforms, you know, because of the, the, the rocket launches there. Anyhow, it's going to be really fun. I love this game, but I love Central Florida to lose at home to Cincinnati. Am I getting paid overtime for this? Uh, yes. This this yeah, game, okay, particularly good. since I didn't tell you we were going to pick this game until I called. <laughs> uh, as I've said here on a couple games, I'll go with uh, UCF. I'll disagree with you, Fitz, just because they are playing at home, and this is a, a Cincinnati team that lost a fair amount of its talent from last year. So I'll go UCF. Very good. It's always good to uh, not go with my picks. I've proven that this year. It's good to not go with my picks either. So if Although, we're on the same side ever, fade us. Uh, I it, it got me last week. I was three and zero, and then K State lost, and I was three and one. I keep at missing on K State, right? What's that? <laughs> I said at least I got TC right. Yeah, that's true. He is Ryan Gilbert. He helps us out with all of the spreads. He knows everything. He knows who's naughty and nice. Did I go too far? 
No, that was good. Thank you very much, brother. That was good stuff as expected. Kansas State and Oklahoma State, 2.30 p.m. Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday here in Manhattan. And it's a huge game for both programs. Neither Oklahoma State nor Kansas State want to lose this game because that will put you at 3-2 and two in a very competitive conference with more tough games ahead. But the winner will move to 4-1. and one. The winner will stay on the heels of TCU trying to join the Frogs in the top two spots that will get them to Arlington. Can Kansas State keep pace with TCU by beating Oklahoma State and ending Mike Gundy's three-game grip over this series since Chris Kleiman's arrival? Well, there's one thing I want you to watch out for during the course of this game. Oklahoma State is determined to take away Kansas State's running game. They're going to crowd the line of scrimmage, not fearing the Wildcats' ability to throw the ball one bit. So, can Chris Kleiman's offense find a way to attack the Cowboys through the air. Whether it's Will Howard at quarterback or Adrian Martinez, Kansas State will have to have some success throwing the ball to loosen up the Oklahoma State defense for that running game. And if K-State can establish that pass, maybe, just maybe, the Wildcats will have enough offense to get out of this game with a huge victory in Chris Kleiman's fourth season. I appreciate you listening so much. And remember, we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. K-State, Oklahoma State, 2.30 p.m. Saturday, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. After the game, I will have my post-game walk and talk. And then on Sunday, Brian Hanley and I will reconvene for the post-game review podcast. And the coverage keeps coming at GoPowerCat.com. Video, podcast, writing, we've got it all. Make sure you go check us out at GoPowerCat. And please consider becoming part of the GoPowerCat family by becoming a subscriber and find out about all the exclusive VIP content we have behind the paywall at Go Powercat for the most passionate Kansas State fans. Included in that will be my five keys to victory and my score prediction. As I said earlier in the show, I fear this game is too much for Kansas State to handle with all of these injuries. I hope I'm wrong, but we will see and I will see you at the bill. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.